on everybody, it's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is WWE Last Week, your weekly look back at the week that was in professional wrestling, specifically WWE. Now, gotta start with a little flashback, because I didn't do this last weekend, because I was at Rebellion, and Rebellion was kick-ass. Go check out my socials if you want to go see more about that. The Rebel Complex in Toronto is a weird place, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, we didn't do anything last week, and probably next week's going to be a little bit different. I might do just a solo recap of Raw, and then I'm going to cover the Draft Smackdown and the Draft Raw in a pod probably the following week, and then I'll just do a solo review of Smackdown at the same time. Um, basically, I'm going to try and do all the Draft stuff in one go, so the, the schedule might continue to be a little bit janky for the first little bit, but I hope you guys will uh, will join me for that regardless. And I mean, next week there's also going to be a preview for, or there, sorry, the week after that there's also going to be a preview for uh, Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico, so that'll be fun as well. Trust me, get to the end of this pod, we're going to talk about Backlash, and yes, we're going to talk about that match that everybody's all apparently pretending to be really upset about, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, if you came here for the wrestling content, if you want some movie content, I've got trailer reactions for the Marvels movie, I've got trailer reactions for the, uh, the teaser that we got for uh, Godzilla X Kong The New Empire, and I've got my quick sort of review and thoughts for the movie The Pope's Exorcist. Long story short, I think it's really good. If exorcist, horror, slasher, thriller movies are your jam, I would severely suggest going and checking it out. But... Since we didn't do this last week, a couple of keynotes from the week before as I shuffle my papers around super obviously. Um, Lita attacked Trish after they defend after they lost the sorry, Lita did not attack Trish. Trish attacked Becky and Lita after Lita was attacked and they lost their tag team championships and that all that all that really messy stuff that was two weeks ago on Raw. Uh, Lita was attacked, let me get my words straight, Lita was attacked, Trish Stratus stepped in in her place with Becky Lynch to defend the titles against the new champions Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, who we'll talk about later, and after the match, Lita was not there to help uh, Becky Lynch when Trish Stratus turned heel on her and attacked her, and it is what it is. Interesting story going forward, I don't know what's going on with Becky Lynch or Seth Rollins right now, if I'm completely honest with you, awesome to see heel Trish back. Don't know where this leaves Lita in the mix. Was she in on it as well? Is she going to side with Becky? Are we going to get? Are we going to use this as an excuse to have one more Lita versus Trish match? I wouldn't mind that either. Other than that, a couple quick news things: uh, King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia is now Knight of Champions, and I think the reaction to this is hysterical because people have wanted for the longest time. They want King of the Ring to come back. They needed Queen of the Ring to be a thing, too, because of course they did. And then they were really upset that they decided to do King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia. Now that it's not happening in Saudi Arabia, they're mad that it was cancelled. So let's let's pick a lane here. Okay, you have to do King and Queen of the Ring. I get it. You have to do twice as much of every fucking thing. Just WWE, just do some intergender wrestling and we could have a really good time here. But... Um, in Saudi, people weren't going to watch it anyway. People were going to shit on it whether it was good or not. They've just changed the Saudi show to Night of Champions. Apparently that is the day 
or sorry, that's the date on the calendar that's going to be a thousand days to the day that Roman Reigns has held his championship, whatever, that's besides the point. Um, they haven't said that they're not doing King and Queen of the Ring. They're just not doing it in Saudi. So if you are one of those people that was pushing, 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 pushing for King and Queen of the Ring, who said it wasn't good enough when it was King of the Ring and Queen's Crown, um, if, if that's the... If that's the uh, the brand that you want to bring back, if that's the show you want to see come back, aren't you happy now that it's not under the cloud of being a Saudi show? I mean, oh, Vince is back, Vince is back, but at the same time, I mean, Vince didn't want war games, and we got war games, and there's a lot of other stuff, don't even worry about it. I mean, he didn't come in and rename LA Knight back to Max Dupree, yeah! And uh, a lot of other things that I would have predicted would have come back if he was fully, fully in charge. So King and Queen of the Ring is now Knight of Champions in Saudi. I still think it's pretty cool, even though one of them is a Saudi show, I still do think it's really cool to step onto unfamiliar ground for the next three pay-per-views in a row. San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and London, England are your next three big WWE PLEs until we come back to Detroit for SummerSlam. SummerSlam, right? Am I right? Correct me down in the box below. Still think that's pretty cool. And there is always going to be that little part of me that says, whatever you think of the government, whatever you think of how things are run in other parts of the world, there are kids in that crowd that want to see that show and wouldn't get to see that show any other way. So, yeah, I know that's that's uh, lame praise to some, but... I don't know. I, I, I've lost the energy to get angry about it, and the shows are usually spectacular. So, what do you want me to tell you? Logan Paul signed a new deal with WWE. I think he renewed for another year. That's awesome. What he and Seth Rollins did at WrestleMania. Awesome. What him and Ricochet did in the Royal Rumble. Awesome. What he and Roman Reigns did in Saudi. Awesome. Doing his whole fucking, like, selfie bit with the, uh, with the Instagram thing as he was coming off the top rope on Roman Reigns. Fantastic. Let him do more things. Anybody else that was as new as Logan Paul is at wrestling and was this good, we would be praising to the hilt. We would want a belt on his shoulder, but no, we don't like him because, you know, he's done some things that we don't agree with. And meh, 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 meh. Fuck off. Logan Paul resigning with WWE is awesome. Also, we didn't get very many returns, Raw's and Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, but we did get, I mean, we got Matt Riddle on Raw, which everybody, like, got their panties in a wad about, and we also got Nakamura. Nakamura returned, he took on uh, Mad Cat Moss, and immediately afterwards we saw a video package that made it very, very clear the next person targeting Shinsuke Nakamura was going to be carrying Cross, which makes me happy and pisses a lot of other people off. It's fine. We established that the next champ or the next challenger for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship is going to be Io Sky. Fucking awesome. That's all I have to say about that. We are getting a draft. I mean, it is what it is. Um, the rumored names at the moment to be coming up in the draft are Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov, Pretty Deadly, Braun Breaker, potentially Carmelo Hayes, um, Zoe Stark's another one that's been been kicked around. Um, there's one I'm forgetting, that's fine, possibly Grayson Waller, that's fine, I think he's got in, at Spring Breakin', which is their weekly special that's coming up next week, uh, I think he's fighting for the championship, and in that case, it'll be whichever one of them isn't the champion anymore is going to come to, uh, to Raw or SmackDown. I think Ilya, the, the rumors of Ilya Dragunov coming to SmackDown are really fun and really interesting, because we can get a rematch of that, um, 
Ilya Dragunov versus Walter match that happened in NXT UK in front of no crowd in the middle of the pandemic and still managed to get five stars and still managed to be on a lot of people's match of the year lists. So I'm I'm all I'm all in favor of that. And I mean it's something and nothing. We're giving Xavier Woods a little bit of a push. He has this weird sort of bicker back and forth thing going on with LA Knight. Yeah. Um they had a match, and Xavier Woods won by holding the tights, and then he got himself an Intercontinental Championship match by bothering Gunther a bit. So it's cool, Xavier Woods is getting a push, and they're kind of making him a dick, and I think that's really entertaining. I've said this. I've said this for a while. Everybody says this makes me a bad person, and I really, really don't care. you got three really talented guys in the New Day. The most talented guy in that group is the guy that has not held a singles world title yet. And that's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. And even in the even in the tag team scenarios, uh, look back on the history of the New Day. How often was Xavier Woods just the guy marching around the outside with his trombone while the other two got to be in the ring getting the glory, etc.? I think that's awesome. And a lot of people sort of overlooked this, but I thought it was really cool. Lashley and Bronson Reed fought to a no contest. That was really fun. And we're going to get into where that leads in a moment. But yeah, that's everything coming into this week that we needed to touch on. I've got really, really minimal notes on Raw and SmackDown this week. So this is probably going to be sort of a super speed bullet point type session. Hope you guys are with me. Hope you guys are enjoying my rambling styles because yeah, that's only the first 10 minutes of the pod. Monday Night Raw this week started off with an opening segment between all the heels, and I was kind of bummed because this was leaked before the show actually started that there was going to be an alliance between, <clears throat> excuse me, an alliance between the Bloodline and the Judgment Day, which I think is fucking great. Bloodline, Judgment Day, they come out. Paul Heyman announces that it's a good day to be a bad guy. He acknowledges the fact that there are still deep rooted historical issues between uh, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. Um, he moves people around a couple of different times to avoid the fact that there is this weird stare-down between Rhea Ripley and Solo Sokoa. And, I, and I, I agree with everybody. Why are we beeping? Why is this a thing? I agree with everybody on Twitter that says, let this match happen. I agree with everybody that says, let this match happen. I really, 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 and I know the weight behind this statement, and I'm not trying to offend anybody with it. If you're going to have another China in the history of WWE, it's going to be Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley versus Solo Sokoa needs to happen at some point. It's not going to, because we can't have nice things, and WWE has people that they need to answer to, especially now, but I really do want to see that match. Um, the Usos and Solo Sokoa versus uh, Semi... Sorry, The Usos versus Solo Sokoa. Yeah, I can read my own writing, I swear. The Usos and Solo versus KO, Sammy, and Riddle is set for Backlash. KO, Sammy, and Riddle will face the Judgment Day tonight because they're going to take care of each other's issues. And the way we uh, repay for that is Solo Sokoa is going to take on Rey Mysterio tonight. Sorry, 
These are notes from a couple of days ago, and if you guys have ever seen my writing, my writing is fucking terrible. Rey Mysterio vs. Solo Sokoa was really good. Rey Mysterio uh, does an excellent job of making uh, Solo Sokoa look even bigger than he is. It's mostly a murder. Uh, the LWO around the outside, they brawl with the Usos. Solo gets the win anyway. Rey Mysterio doesn't get hurt by a loss. Solo gets, an, gets to technically say that he beat the shit out of a Hall of Famer. Everybody wins. Uh, we get the announcement off the back of that that Bad Bunny is going to be on Raw next week. And we're finally going to get the whatever the match is going to be at at uh, Backlash because we know Bad Bunny is hosting Backlash, but we also know that Bad Bunny has gotten involved with the Judgment Day. Now, I like that we keep on playing around with different combinations of the Judgment Day, different combinations of the LWO, and we have this Bad Bunny thing hovering over our heads. Because I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio taking on Rey Mysterio and, uh, and Bad Bunny. But if they throw in Finn as well, the three of them versus Rey, Bad Bunny, and Santos is an awesome match. Now, I do acknowledge the fact that in a trios match, Santos is already part of a trio, and it kind of leaves uh, Cruz and Joaquin out on the side looking like extras, but they kind of have to do that because right now in this in this war of words, depending on how many people you add on both sides, the baby faces have more people. I, I said it on Twitter, when are we going to get, you know, the entire LWO, including Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny and KO, Sammy, Riddle and Cody Rhodes taking on the Bloodline and the Judgment Day? The faces have the numbers advantage there and that's not great. So somebody's going to be left aside, but we're going to figure that out next week, or should I say tonight, on Raw, as you're listening to this. We have to hype up uh, Io Sky taking on Bianca Belair for the title at some point, so obviously they take Dakota Kai, who's fucking awesome once again, and they make her take the dive to make Bianca Belair look good. Because, of course, Bianca Belair has a match, and we have to make Bianca Belair look good. But, Dakota Kai looked fucking great in this match for a long-ass time, and then got squashed by Bianca because, of course, she did. We see a great video package for Bronson Reed, uh, hyping up this thing that he's got ongoing with Bobby Lashley. We get a reminder that Bobby Lashley is, out of nowhere, getting a rematch for the United States Championship against Austin Theory later on. Uh, we're supposed to have a Brock and Cody face-to-face -face thing. Cody comes out and cuts a very Cody promo. I'm special. I know a bunch of cowboys. I, you know, I'm Goldust's brother. I'm Dusty's kid. You know, think about my wife and my mixed kid and all this other weird shit that Cody does. And he does he does the what do you want to talk about thing, but he, he's trying to play off as being really, really angry and his voice squeaks like he's just fucking hit puberty. He's a cartoon character. He's John Cena with a bad tattoo. And I really, 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 really want to see Brock Lesnar do to him what he did to John Cena. And I'm sad because that's not going to happen. But anyways, Brock comes out and he's now the Brockter taker because he's got the cowboy hat and the long trench coat and he just sort of like fucks around with Cody for a bit, and Cody can't fight Brock Lesnar tonight, according to Adam Pearce, because he's not cleared, but he's cleared enough to beat the shit out of 20 security guards as Brock Lesnar walks away, and Adam Pearce basically gives him a spanking and says, behave yourself, I'll give you a match at Backlash. Um, it's... I really, week on week on week, you guys hear me say this, Cody's not a bad wrestler. 
I, he's going to be shoved down our throats worse than Cena or Roman ever were. So I want to find a way to enjoy him. But God damn it, he's insufferable on the mic. And God damn it, he, he's got sort of an insufferable, insisting existence. Um, I just, I would love to see him smashed. I would love to see him get the the 16 trips to Suplex City treatment that John Cena got, and it's not going to happen, and that makes me sad. Um, Miz versus Rollins, for reasons. Uh, Miz attacks Rollins before the match, uh, gets, gets, you know, the upper hand on things for quite a while, hits a stomp on, or sorry, hits a top rope code breaker at one point. Rollins hits the... Uh, this rolling double DDT thing on The Miz and gets the stomp for the win. Now, Rollins needs the win for me, for reasons we're going to talk about shortly. Miz needed a match where he could be taken seriously because he just took the whips from everybody. Night one of WrestleMania, night two of WrestleMania. And um, he was the fall guy for the return of Riddle on Raw. So he needed something. And I'm sorry, this is reaching back a long way. I'm a big fan of The Miz. I need to see The Miz, who had that one feud with Dolph Ziggler that made the Intercontinental Championship mean something for a little while. I need that version of The Miz back. It needs to happen at some point. Lashley versus Theory doesn't really have an ending because Bronson Reed runs in and attacks both of them and squashes Theory in the corner like an absolute bug. Then we get Trish Stratus. And I, I fucking love Trish Stratus. Back in the day, back in the Attitude Era, I was a Lita guy over Tristratus 100%. Everybody thought I was crazy. Same as I was Sean over Brett. Oh my god, you can't say that. That makes you a terrible Canadian. I don't care. Doesn't mean I don't like Tristratus, just Lita's better. Let's be real for a second. But she comes out and she cuts this wicked promo that's kind of laced with truth. Like, the women's revolution started in NXT and it started with the four horsewomen. Well, actually it didn't. The NXT revolution started with Paige and Emma. But let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story. Um, talks about the, the history that she broke with Lita being the first women ever to main event Monday Night Raw. And that match, I watched it not too long ago, that match still holds up, other than Lita absolutely scorpioning herself on the outside, which is terrifying. Um, you know, it comes out and talks about how none of the women in the locker room today show a lick of, a, of uh, appreciation for the barriers that I broke down for them. You think it was me and Lita, but it was me. Lita was just the other one on the other side of the ring. And, uh talks about how when they lost the tag team titles, Becky said something to her along the lines of, you know, don't worry, we'll get them next time or something like that. And that was condescending and that was enough to push her over the edge. And that's fine. There's just enough, if you're looking at it from Trish Stratus, the fictional character of Trish Stratus's perspective, there's just enough truth in that, in that uh, promo to make sense. Now, Becky Lynch announced ahead of Raw that she wasn't going to be at Raw so that nobody would expect her to be at Raw and whatever. I don't know whether that's part of the story. I don't know whether that's like she's she's so betrayed she went home. I don't know whether she's supposed to have gotten an injury from the attack from Trish or whether something else is going on. But the fact that that promo, as true as it is, but it was also really, really venomous, went unanswered, made it more impactful, in my opinion. Not going to lie. Now, excuse me. Does this get us what the rumor is? The rumor is right now Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus at SummerSlam. How do they stretch it out from now until SummerSlam? Because there's a lot of TV and a lot of PLE between now and SummerSlam. Um, 
do we see Lita come back and try to mend the fences? Does she try to be the peacemaker? Does she lash out at Trish Stratus? And we put that as sort of like a marquee match on like Backlash or Money in the Bank or something like that. I really don't know. I hope it happens sooner than SummerSlam because I'm 50-50 on whether they can make it last that long. But this, as far as an initial, an initial opening salvo from Trish Stratus, awesome. Now... The new champions have to have new number one contenders, and Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green are going to get a shot at those on SmackDown, which we'll talk about in a second. But they have an exhibition match against Candice LeRae and Mia Yamichin, whatever they're calling her, this week. Now, I really don't know. I mean, Green and Deville are kind of thrown together as well, so I don't want to. I don't want to be unfair here. I don't know why we ever threw Candice LeRae and Mia Yim together, other than they seem to work pretty well together. Uh, but there's no storyline reason. There's no there's no story between them and another team. It's just they needed two extra bodies. Let's be real. But they did keep up the story of Nikki Cross kind of stalking Candice LeRae and wanting to be her friend and all that sort of thing. Causes the distraction. Causes the win between or uh, causes the win for Green and Deville. And then Green and Deville go and spray water at the champions to get them all riled up for the championship match on. Friday, Judgment Day versus Owens, Sammy, and Riddle. Um, Judgment Day have an advantage because Rhea Ripley's on the outside. Rhea Ripley takes out Kevin Owens at one point on the outside, which was a lot of fun, which again lends credence to, please let me see Rhea Ripley versus Solo Sokoa, but I'm not going to say it again. Um, Riddle gets the win anyway uh, for a couple reasons, I think. I think because he lost on the smack on the previous SmackDown, and he was going to go on to this SmackDown to face Solo again. Plus, he's the newly returning star, and he's the newest insertion, or sorry, I should say reinsertion into the team that's facing the Bloodline. So yeah, he needed a win. It was it was all good. Uh, Usos come out after to join the brawl along with Solo Sokoa, along with the LWO, and we end on this massive faction brawl. AEW could take some notes. Just saying. Now. You've got these factions. You've got the LWO. That's four guys. You've got the Judgment Day, which they said after WrestleMania, there could be more members of the Judgment Day. I really hope against hope that the rumor of Jordan Devlin coming up and joining the Judgment Day because of his connection to, the, to uh, Finn Balor is a thing. So there's four guys. You've got the Bloodline, that's four guys, and you've got this other team of like Sammy, KO, Riddle, and I guess Cody, because we gave Cody Rhodes the credit for bringing Sammy and KO together even though he didn't deserve it. That's four teams. That's gang warfare. That's, you know, the old gang rules Survivor Series type thing. Play that up. And then you've got the trios, like the Brawling Brutes, and Imperium, and, um... Oh, there's always somebody that I'm forgetting. New Day, if Big E wasn't still hurt, and if, <laughs> and if Kofi Kingston wasn't still hurt, and all that kind of thing. They're doing group shit, they're doing team shit, they're doing, like, let's, let's slowly build our armies type shit, and I really do like it. Doesn't have to happen all the time, but this convergence for one night of Judgment Day and the Bloodline are going to have each other's backs. It works for now, and then when it falls apart, Bloodline versus Judgment Day, it was a draw when the Usos were going to face um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor on Raw for the tag titles. That drew. 
these factions coming together again will draw. And as I say, the fourth person on the Judgment Day team right now is Rhea Ripley. The fourth person on the Bloodline team is Solo Sokoa. You put Rhea Ripley versus Solo Sokoa because we need the fucking match. Triple H. Tell Vince to sit down for a night. Let this happen. Tell the censors, pay off whatever the fine is for the censors that are going to get all butthurt about intergender wrestling. Give us Solo Sokoa versus Rhea Ripley for one night. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Now, switching gears over to SmackDown, and we had another iteration of LWO versus... Uh, versus the Judgment Day, because it was Balor and Priest versus Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. And the important thing to me here is there was no... There was no Finn, and there was no... Or, sorry, there was no Dominic, and there was no Rhea. And the rest of the LWO was gone as well. Santos Escobar. I gotta say, I'm super happy for this guy, because he looks like he's having a blast with this new uh, with this new LWO rebirth thing that's going on. Because when they were brought up as, the, as Legato del Fantasma, like, everybody... Like, if you knew who they were, fine. If you didn't know who they were, there were just three more bodies on the roster. But there was nothing behind it. Now he gets to work with Rey Mysterio, which has gotta be which has gotta be a goal for him. Or or at least a, like a tick box bucket list type moment. But also, this old like and it's a branding thing. It's a marketing thing at the end of the day. I'm not an idiot. But like it's working. <laughs> and the like I say, uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild look like they're having a blast. Santos, you know, being arm arm in arm, hip and hip with Rey Mysterio is doing wonders for him. And this now that they have a purpose, because they are there backing up Rey Mysterio, who's having problems with his son, who's in the Judgment Day, and like I say, now that they have this sort of faction warfare thing going on, and they have something to do, this entire team has been rejuvenated, and I'm happy for them. I really, really am. Uh, what I will say as well, though, is with all the uh, chicanery that comes with a Judgment Day match, there was no assistance out there for them at ringside. There was a little bit of, oh, we made a tag and you didn't see that, but that's just tag team wrestling at the end of the day, and Judgment Day got a relatively clean win, which which is gangbusters for me. Priest goes up to the ramp, uh, away from the rest of the LWO, he talks some shit about Bad Bunny, Reminds basically reminds everybody that Bad Bunny's gonna be on Raw tonight, and um, says, I hope you I hope you have a better trip to Raw this week than you did last time, or whatever the case may be. Now, Speaking of the LWO, we go back to Adam Pierce's office. We see Zelina Vega making a case to, for herself to Adam Pierce because, you know, Backlash is going to be in Puerto Rico. Her group has a problem with Rhea Ripley's group. I need a, I need a title match at Backlash. Takes it under consideration. Gets confirmed later on in the night, which we'll talk about later. We do a whole lot of good hype work. We get a really intense, more serious side of Nakamura hype video, and it gets responded to by a backstage pre-tape promo from Karrion Cross, who delves into the tarot cards. You know, it's not my fault. I never heard anybody. It's all in the cards, and Roddy, Roddy, Rod. I don't care. Nakamura versus Karrion Cross is going to be fun when it happens. All the typical people that like to hate on Karrion Cross for reasons... Uh, are, are going to get all up in their feelings about it, but it's going to be fine. You guys will be fine. A match that you don't like is happening. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Uh, Stormin' and Ricochet versus the Viking Raiders it is, is just a thing that keeps happening. I didn't see it until I rewatched it, but when, uh, when Braun Strowman went to throw Ricochet at the Viking Raiders and missed... 
and Ricochet just hit the mat. I when I when somebody finally pointed it out to me because I must have blinked and missed it. I was howling and I was like, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Obviously, I don't want to see anybody look foolish. Obviously, but it's so when the guy that's that strong throws the guy that's a high flyer anyway and it just nothing goes right like as long as everybody's okay the rest of the match was a fun brawl Valhalla tries to distract and even Braun Strowman is kind of like what the fuck are you doing um Ricochet does a swanton off Strowman's shoulders which looked really nice and the faces win now they were implying heavily this was never segregated as a a number one contenders match of any sort but it was heavily implied on commentary and when I say heavily implied I mean they hit it over the head with a hammer uh, can you imagine if these guys were the next ones to face Sammy can you imagine if these guys were the next ones to face KO could these guys be future tag team champions and it's like okay Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Sammy and KO is just a match I want to see now because I want to see what that looks like but like we get it you don't have to hold our hands so much putting it out there. Uh, very much the same way with uh, Liv and Raquel taking on Sonya and Chelsea. Sonya and Chelsea as an act are, are finding their way considering Sonya Deville took over for Carmella. Still don't know what's going on with Carmella. I haven't really looked it up if I'm honest because I mean if it's taken her out of work and it's personal business then we don't really need to do that. Crazy idea. Uh, Babyfaces cheat to win which set Twitter on fire. Um, what did they? What did they do? Liv Morgan took the water bottle from the heels and sprayed one of them in the face, and then helped Raquel with the with the roll up. Now here's the thing. Here's where I will say I don't mind the babyfaces cheat to win thing because they got fucked with, so they fucked with them back. That doesn't make them suddenly heels. That's sort of a what's good for me is good for you type thing. I do say though since uh, Raquel Rodriguez is the one that got the pin, and they're trying to market her as one of the strongest women in the WWE women's division on a, in a division that has Rhea Ripley in it, um, Raquel Rodriguez needing help to get that pin doesn't help you sell her as the this super powerhouse. I get it from a... Um, what do you call it, from a cathartic point of view of, like, they fucked with us and we fucked with them back, I get it. I support that as a storytelling device. I do, 100%. Uh, you could have done it the other way around. You could have had Liv being the one get the pin because they're, like, similar in size, similar in stature. Giving her the extra boost makes sense. Giving the biggest, most powerful woman in the match a boost takes away from that a little bit. So, again, as I say, I support the storytelling device, you know, what's good for what's good for the goose is good for the gander, if I want to use another cliche. Maybe they should have switched it. Maybe they should have switched it up, is all I'm saying. And much like Ricochet and uh, Braun Strowman, Raquel Rodriguez openly throws her partner at her opponents as well. Liv Morgan even said it last week in a promo. Thanks for, you know, or sorry, Raquel said it to Liv. You know, thanks for letting me throw you around. And of course, Liv said, you can throw me around anytime. And then the weirdos on Twitter took that in a different direction. Xavier Woods versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I would love it if Xavier Woods picked up the Intercontinental Championship, especially from Gunther, who's had this awesome, great reign and what have you. But I'm also not an idiot. Xavier Woods looked fucking fantastic in this match. He looked way better than I had any hopes of him looking in this match. I thought he was going to be comically squashed and that was going to be tragic. That didn't happen. But, I mean, Gunther, Gunther ripped his soul out and fatality style took him out. Um, he 
every time Xavier Woods went for a roll-up, because his whole thing is the backwoods, and, you know, if you want to quote Simon Miller, uh, you know, the surprise roll-up, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, Xavier Woods' surprise rolling up Gunther can't not look funny. Um, but in all seriousness, though, like, Xavier Woods was serious enough in the match to obliterate the criticism that I usually have of New Day matches, especially when they try to look serious, and it usually makes them look more comical. Um, he walked that line pretty good. He, he wasn't not himself, but he was... He was selling me the seriousness of the match, which doesn't sound like a big thing, except the New Day have a problem with that sometimes, and especially Xavier Woods, who's usually made to be the third wheel of the group. This was... He didn't win a title, but this was a fucking fantastic outing for him. This is... Uh, I go back to Raw. Raw, obviously, Dakota Kai got squashed by Bianca Belair because it's Bianca Belair, but she still managed to look good. Rollins got a win that he needs over The Miz. The Miz took that match that he knew he was going to lose and took it to make himself look good in the ring again. Xavier Woods didn't win the title on this night, made himself look like a million bucks, made himself, you know, rise up to that next level in perception. In my opinion, you might disagree, whatever. And then the kind of the opposite uh, at the end, we, we establish early on in the night that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are not there tonight, so Riddle is going in there on his own in a no-DQ match with Solo Sokoa, which quickly goes to three-on-one, and he gets his ass handed to him, and that's, that's the end of the show. Um... I won't say the match wasn't good. Both of these guys hit fucking hard. Both of these guys hit and make it look like it hurts. The match was great. It was just like you set it up throughout the night. Okay, this is no DQ. Okay, the bloodline are dangerous. Okay, Matt Riddle has no backup. Okay, Matt Riddle died at the end of the night. This was the antithesis of how they ended off Monday Night Raw with that huge, massive faction, 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 faction brawl. Thing. This was just, oh, Riddle's walking to the gallows, oh, there he goes. Um, so it's kind of a downward uh, downward slope towards the end. Of, like, to go from the Woods-Gunther match, which I thought really over-delivered, to this, which was good, but I had no reason to doubt the outcome from the minute the bell rang, was a little bit of a slope downwards. And SmackDown usually isn't a slope downwards. SmackDown, it, of, of the three hours of wrestling on a Friday, SmackDown is the better two. But that's not really saying very much, is it? Now, now let's get into the controversy. Now let's get into the controversy. Because before that match, we got a rundown of the card for Backlash so far. And it was some new matches and some matches that we already knew about. Cody versus Lesnar. I hope, you know, you guys know what I think about that. The trios match was was confirmed, Bloodline versus KO, Sammy, and Riddle. Uh, Vega got her with. She's getting a shot at the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, they brought in breaking news from Raw to say that Theory is going to be defending the United States Championship in a triple threat match against Lashley and Bronson Reed. And then we get the announcement of Seth Rollins versus Omos. And predictably... Everybody that likes to shit on WWE, oh, well, there's WWE doing no storylines, there's WWE, what the hell is this, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. I'll give you half of that point. There's no story. There's literally no story between Omos and Seth Rollins right now. First of all, you got two weeks to change that. Second of all, 
I'm willing to overlook the fact that there's no story here the same way that, say, fans of another company would take, oh, I don't know, Commander and Jay White having a match for no reason other than that's the match that was announced that night. Um, I'm willing to take it because the lack of story is made up for by the by the potential possibility of this match. And it, should this main event? Absolutely not. Is it going to be the match that I'm looking most forward to on the night? Absolutely not. I'm going to say um, the, the most riotous sort of, oh my god, that's going to be a lot of fun match on the Backlash card so far. If I get Lesnar doing what I want him to do to Cody Rhodes, then it'll be that. But we're not going to get that. I'm going to say Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega is going to be the match of the night on this card for what we know so far. People are going to disagree and rody rody rod. I, I just... I can't hear it anymore. I, I just can't. You're mad that she didn't pick Bianca Belair because you're mad that Bianca Belair didn't go to the main event and beat her, and you're mad that Bianca Belair was in the lesser match with lesser history and blah, 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 and you can't take the fact that there was history between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley that trumped anything that she could have done <coughs> with the rat. I mean, Bianca Belair. I get it. Ripley versus Vega is going to be a lot of fun. The, the result isn't in any doubt. But Ripley versus Vega is going to be the match of the night. Now, what I, what, why do I say that? Because, of course, Seth Rollins versus Omos is not going to be the match of the night. But here's the thing. It's kind of the perfect match for what they're talking about right now in the sense of Rollins should be in that title conversation. He's got a history with the current champ. He's got a more recent history with the guy that's chasing the current champ. And, I mean, loosely, he's got, a, he's got a history with Brock Lesnar as well. So, to throw Seth Rollins into the mix with Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, and Roman Reigns doesn't take that much. And he's been doing a lot of not-top-of-the-card stuff for a long time. He needs to build himself back up to that championship echelon, that, cha that championship tier, get himself back in that championship pitcher. What's one of the easiest ways to do that in wrestling? Topple a giant. And Omos is the giant of the moment. Now, on the other side of the coin, Omas needs people that are going to make him look good. And I don't just mean little tiny jobbers that he can throw around because, ooh, ah, look at me, I'm strong, because that makes you Bianca Belair. I mean people that are going to go in there, properly sell the monster that you are, ragdoll for you, even if you don't necessarily win, even if they sneak one by you, which I think Seth Rollins is going to do. Omos is going to come out of this match looking better for what he does with Seth Rollins on that card. Same as I would say about this week with Xavier Woods and Gunther. Same as I would say about The Miz facing Seth Rollins on Raw. Same as I would say with Dakota Kai, despite the fact that she was facing the steamroller that is Bianca Belair. Seth Rollins versus Omos benefits Omos, benefits Rollins, and I don't think it will take up too much time on the card. It's probably going to be 10 minutes. So do I forgive the fact that there's no story, there's no, uh, you know, we didn't write something as classic as, as, you know, Cowboy gets drunk and knocks up his wife and gets gifted a title? No, we didn't do any of that because we don't have to. Because that's not what this is. This isn't trying to be a top-of-the-card match. This isn't trying to be a title match. These are two wrestlers in transition. Omos needs to look great, needs to look like a giant. Seth Rollins needs to get back to the top of the card, needs to topple a giant. That's all you need. K-I-S-S. -S, keep it simple, stupid. I'm looking forward to it. Not on the same tier as the main event matches of this card, but I am looking forward to it. And if you can't 
wrap your head around that, and if you refuse to listen to what I'm saying, you don't have to like this match. If you say that those things are not true, then you're just deluding yourself. I'm sorry. I will give you that there's no story. I will give you this match might be better if there was a story. I will give you that. If you give me, both of these guys are going to benefit from this match. That's it. That's all. Um, didn't really mean to end it on a down note, but some people online are really fucking strange. Most of them are mad that they lost their blue check marks, but we're not going to go there this week, are we? Anyways, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.